And if you have a Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians 2. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16 this morning. We're, uh, this morning we're concluding our fall focus, our, our series as we've been looking at how God calls us to become a glimpse of heaven. A glimpse of heaven for everyone that we come into contact with, that everybody that we interact with, everybody that looks at us, that look at how we interact with each other, that they would see God, that they would see his presence and his power and his love, and that they would be drawn into that as they see us, that we would be a glimpse of heaven. And we've seen how that involves us walking in real ways with a real God on a daily basis. It involves us owning our sin and our weakness and, and, and being real with people about those things. And, and it involves us loving people in real ways with a genuine love. Last week we looked at how it, it requires that we take risks, that, we, that, we're, that we're willing to leave what is comfortable for us in order to share him with others. This morning, I want to just conclude the whole series by looking at this passage, these verses in 2 Corinthians 2. And Paul's writing 2 Corinthians. to It's a, it's a letter that he's writing to the church in Corinth, and it's following up another letter from before where he was kind of tough with the people in Corinth. And because he was pretty harsh with them, he was very preoccupied, worried about how they received his letter and how that impacted them and how that affected them. And it was so, he was so preoccupied with it, he was even having trouble ministering to people as the, the verse right before this talks about how he came to this place where God gave him an opportunity to, to share the gospel, but he couldn't do it because he wanted to hear how the people in Corinth were doing and how they responded to his letter. And we find out later that, that uh, their, their response was, was good. And, and he kind of goes on this aside in these couple verses about, how, about his thankfulness to God and the way that he leads Paul in his ministry uh, he, he, and, he, and he kind of cries out in thanks. And, and it gives us a window into how I think we are to look at the way that everyone, not just people looked at Paul in his ministry, in ministry but, but everyone looks at all of us as Christians and our influence on them. And so listen to God's word as I read from 2 Corinthians 2. He's uh, just a couple of verses here, 14 to 16. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us now as we look at these verses, that, that you're... Your spirit would work in our hearts to help us to see what is true. Father, we pray that you would help us to be receptive to what you want to say. We pray that you would teach us. We pray that you would grab a hold of our hearts. We pray that you would change us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm probably risking alienated everybody who doesn't like Seinfeld. I've been using too many Seinfeld references lately, but I'm going to use another one today. It just reflects the fact that I watch way too, many, too much Seinfeld. Um, but there's this one episode where Kramer, his wacky neighbor, comes bursting through the door. He always comes bursting through his door of his apartment, and he comes bursting in the door, and he's there for just a couple seconds, and then he says, what's that smell? 
And then he leans over to Jerry. He's like, you stink. And Jerry's like, what? I stink? What are you talking about? I didn't even realize I stunk. And, the, and then he started thinking back in the past day, and he realized that the, the night before he had gone somewhere, and there was a valet who drove his car that left an odor in his car. And this odor had now clung to him as he'd been living his life, as, he, as he'd driven his car, and then he left his car, and even as he slept and took a shower, and he still smelled. And he had no idea. Because that's the thing about smells sometimes. A lot of times you kind of get used to a smell, and you don't even realize that the smell's there anymore. Um, uh, that happened, I'll, I'll, uh, Kim's not here, but I asked her permission to share this. But back in high school, we went to high school together, there was one day in high school she spent the entire day in her gym clothes because the morning before she went to school, she was getting ready, and her dog went outside and got into a fight with a skunk. And the dog then came back in the house and ran around the house and she didn't really, you know, touch the dog or anything, but as a result, she, you know, got dressed and, and left the house, and she smelled like, you know, Ode de Pepe Le Pew after that. <laughs> and she, uh, she got to school, and she didn't realize it, though. You know, she got to school, and immediately her friends are like, you might want to think about changing, you know? And so she put her gym clothes on and, and, and spent the rest of her day in her gym clothes. But, but that's the thing about smells. You know, a lot of times we, we get used to them, and we don't even realize that we are giving off a certain smell or giving off a certain odor after we've spent time in it. As Paul, thinks, as Paul thanks God for his faithfulness in his ministry, he uses this idea of, of smelling, fragrance, aroma, to describe the effect that he and his ministry, and I think all Christians, um, have on people around them. And I think that one reason God uses Paul to talk about this is because we often realize, or we don't realize the impact that we might have, the aroma that we might be giving off to people. And it's important that we realize and think about the certainty of the smell and the source of the smell and the significance of the smell. So that's what we're going to talk about just for a couple minutes this morning. So first he, he points out the certainty of the smell. In verse 15 he says, For we are the aroma of Christ. We are the aroma of Christ. This isn't an option for a person who's following Jesus. It's not an option whether we want to smell or not, whether we want to give off the fragrance or not. We are the aroma of Christ. You know? um, it's not an option for us to kind of live a quiet life and hope that nobody notices us. It's not an option. There's a certainty of the way that we should smell as we follow Jesus, if we believe in him. And that's because that's the thing about smells. Smells are hard to ignore, aren't they? I mean, for me, it's impossible when I come into a place and it smells either good or bad. It's impossible for me to ignore the smell. Um, when a couple of years ago in our house, I, I woke up one morning and I walked downstairs and I, I, there was this kind of strong smell of garlic all over the house. No matter where I went, there was a small, a strong smell of garlic. I was like, "What is this? Why is our house smelling like this? We haven't like cooked anything like with strong garlic at all. Why is it smelling like this?" And, and so I'm like searching around the house. I got to find out where is this smell coming from. And as I as I went further down into the basement, I'm like, "It's getting stronger. It's getting stronger." I'm like, "What is this?" And the only thing we could end up figuring out is that there was a skunk that was living underneath our porch. And it was like mating season or something like that. And then for, so for like a month, our house smelled like that. And it was impossible to ignore it. Like every time you walked in the house, it was like, oh, there it is again. You know, you, you could not think about hardly anything else but this odor that was in our house. 
That's the thing about smells. You cannot ignore them. And this is the truth about a person who follows Jesus. This should be true of us, that people find it impossible to ignore the fragrance that is coming off of us. It's impossible to ignore. And, and it should make them want to say, what is that smell? What is that smell? Where is that coming from? What is the source of the smell? So I think it's important for us to look, you know, what is the source? Where is the aroma of a Christian come from? And in verse 14, he says, Thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. And then he continues on, For we are the aroma of Christ to God. Right? The source, the bottom line, the source of the aroma that a Christian gives off is Jesus. The knowledge of Jesus. The presence of Jesus in our lives. That should be the aroma that we are giving off. The fact that, the fact that we know Jesus should change us to, a, to an extent that, that naturally this, this influence happens. This aroma, this smell comes off of us in the way that we live. And there's some specific ways, I think, that he talks about what this, the characteristics of this smell. What, what are the characteristics of this smell? Well, he talks about this idea of the fact that Jesus leads us in triumphal procession, that he leads us in triumphal procession. What is he talking about there? I mean, for, for a lot of us, when we think of somebody leading us in triumphal procession, and we might immediately think of like a ticker, ticker tape parade, you know, for, for the Yankees, the Giants, the Mets, when they win a championship and everybody's out there and they're celebrating and everything and everybody's just like psyched that their team has won. Um, when he talks about a triumphal procession, he's very likely referring to a custom in the Roman Empire when a Roman general would win a great victory and defeat an enemy they would come back to Rome and they would, he would lead a procession through Rome. Not only with his army behind him and the chariots, but also with the people who've been conquered. The people who are the captives. The people who have surrendered to them. And so when Paul talks about Christ leading us in triumphal procession, a part of that Paul is, is, is that Paul is recognizing that he sees himself as one who has been conquered by Jesus. One who has met Jesus and all he could do was surrender. Because Jesus is so great and powerful and nothing can stand against him. Because there was a time when Paul was, was living his life in opposition to Jesus, fighting Jesus. And then he actually ran into Jesus in person. And what did Paul do? He fell flat on his face. And he could do nothing but acknowledge that Jesus was the conqueror, that Jesus was the king, that Jesus was the Lord and rightful master of his life. That's one distinctive of the smell that we should give off is a recognition that Jesus is the one who rules our lives. He is the one that we have to surrender to, that we have surrendered to in the, in the things that we pursue in our lives, in the way that we live in the way that we raise our families, in the way that we do our work, that we have surrendered to him. And he is the one who rules, and there's nothing that can stand against him. So that's one aspect of it. But, but Paul also seems, it's, it's not that he just sees himself as a captive of Jesus, and he's just conquered and beaten, and he's hanging his head, right? He says, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. He's, he sees Jesus as a conqueror, yes, but a conqueror who is good, who he's thankful to be led by, right? 
He's grateful for the fact that Jesus is leading him. He's confident in the fact that Jesus is good and will only lead him in a way that is good, to places that are good. And so there's a sense of him, of of Paul's sense, realization that he has been conquered, that he is a captive of Jesus, but there's also a confidence in the goodness of Jesus, a confidence that Jesus will not steer him wrong, that Jesus is leading him and that he is good, and that is a good thing. And again, this should be a characteristic of the way that we live our lives, that we are people who are clearly led by Jesus, that we're confident that where he is leading us is a good thing, is to a good place. We are confident that he will provide for us and that he will take care of us. And this is the the smell, the aroma that we should be giving off, a great confidence in Jesus and the fact that that nothing can stand against him, no matter how ugly my life might be looking at at the moment, and that he is leading me. And this is not exactly from this passage, but there's another place in in the New Testament where Paul talks about Jesus being a fragrance. If you remember that place, it's in Ephesians 5, verse 2. You can note it down and look it up later. But in Ephesians 5, verse 2, Paul refers to Jesus as a fragrance. And he says, and and when he's talking about Jesus as a fragrance, he's talking about how, how Jesus demonstrates his love for us by becoming a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That Jesus has become a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And, and one thing that, that Paul understood about who Jesus was in his life is that Jesus came to sacrifice himself, to die for Paul, to pay for his sin, to set Paul free from his guilt and his shame, that Paul would be accepted by God and, and loved by God, that, that he would know that God is on his side. And so a big aspect of the aroma that we should be giving off is this confidence that that we are accepted by God, that we are loved by God because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of of the sacrifice that he has made for us in becoming a fragrant offering to his Father. And so my question for each of us is this. If the source of this aroma in our lives is Jesus himself, is knowing Jesus, I would ask you this. How well do you know Jesus this morning? How well do you know him? Do you know him as the one who rules over everything? As the one who, who, against whom no one and nothing can stand? Do you know him as the one who is leading you, even though your life right now may seem painful and difficult, even though your future is uncertain, even though you feel pressures from work or your finances, do you know him as the one who is leading you, the one who is on your side? and against whom no one can stand and nothing can stand. Do you know him in the midst of of your life right now and all of the particulars, all of the uniqueness of your life, all of the fears of your life? Do you know him as the one who is leading you? This is where the smell should come from in us. To the degree that we know Jesus, the smell should permeate everything around us and should make people say, what is that? What is that? And Paul finally just talks about the significance of the smell. He talks about the significance of the smell, and I just want to mention a couple things about that. In verse verse 15, it's related to what I was just talking about. One point he makes is that we are the aroma of Christ to God. We are the aroma of Christ to God. When I first read this, I immediately jumped to the idea that we are an aroma to all the people around us. 
that we need to be, need to be thinking about the impact, the effect of, of how we smell to the people around us, how, how our lives look to the people around us and impact them. But what Paul says first is that we are the aroma of Christ to God. What's he talking about? Well, one of the things that, that people would have, I think, been immediately um, uh, thinking about when, when Paul is talking about an aroma and a fragrance is the idea of sacrifices. In, in those days, and especially in, in Israel, as they, as they lived, Paul, Paul gave them all of these, these rules and laws about sacrificing, about making sacrifices to God, about taking an animal and killing it and laying it on the altar and burning that animal, that sacrifice on an altar so that the smoke would go up into the heavens and that was an image of the fact that God would smell that and he would be pleased. He would be pleased with that. It would delight him. This is the thing. Smells are, are really powerful. They can be really powerful, can't they? They can evoke really strong feelings in us. When I smell something, it can, it can bring, a, a, bring a, there's a lot of associations of, 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 of good feelings or possibly of bad feelings when I smell things. One of the most distinct smells that I've, I, I remember having when I was a teenager, when I was, when I was a young kid, is, is uh, when, I, when I would be coming home from school and as I'm approaching the front door of our house, I already started smelling something. And it was good. It was, you know, the smell of kind of like brown sugar and chocolate chips. And I would open the door and I immediately would be hit with this wave of like warmth and this strong smell of chocolate chip cookies that are being baked fresh in the oven, you know? It's one of the most like strongest memories I have, most vivid memories I have of when I was a kid. And where did I go as soon as I started smelling that? I made a beeline right to the kitchen. I wanted to be as close to where that smell was coming from as I possibly could. Because it smelled so good. I just wanted like, ah, oh, yes. And I wanted to start eating those things as soon as I possibly could. When, we, when it says we are the aroma of Christ to God, this is what I was just talking about, that Jesus paid for our sin and became an offering for us to God. And, and as God looks at us, if we have received what Jesus has done, if we've received Jesus' life and his death, see, as Jesus lived his life, his life was a life of perfect obedience. And as God looked at the life of Jesus, well, as God smelled the life of Jesus, he was just like, oh, yes. In the way that Jesus obeyed him and honored him and loved him and loved people, God was just like, yes. And, and when it came to the, the end of Jesus' life on earth and he obeyed him in laying down his life and dying on the cross, it was like, oh, that smells so good to God. And as we receive what Jesus has done for us, if we will take hold of it for ourselves, when God looks at us, he says, oh, it delights him, it pleases him. And this is the good news of the gospel because apart from what Jesus has done, our lives actually smell pretty bad to God. Our lives smell pretty bad to God. Have you, have you, in your life, have you ever stepped in something and then you've gone into your house and you're like, oh, man. Or somebody in the family stepped in it. Like somebody, we've got to find this and we've got to get rid of it as soon as we possibly can. As soon as we possibly can, we've got to clean this off our shoe and get as far away from this smell as we possibly can. That's, apart from Christ, that's how our lives are like to God. But through Christ, 
God looks at you and he looks at me. No matter how your past looks, no matter how you have failed today, no matter how much you might fail in the, in the future. And God says, oh, and he's pleased and he delights in it. And that's good news. That's good news. But just as significantly, this aroma has power. It doesn't just have power to delight God, but it has power to bring life and death to the people around us. And this is important for us to think about. Because as I've been talking about becoming a glimpse of heaven, I'm afraid that some of us might just be thinking that you know, we need to live lives that, that, uh, that are nice and kind, where people are like, oh, that's nice, where people feel good because they're around us. But what we need to realize is that becoming a glimpse of heaven is a life or death thing. The impact that we can have on the people around us is a life or death thing. Paul says here, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Again, where is the source of this fragrance? The source is the presence of Jesus himself. And the way that people respond to Jesus determines whether they have life or whether they have death. That is what life is. Life is wrapped up in Jesus Christ alone, in knowing him. In knowing him. In knowing that he is the ruler of your life. And knowing that he is the one who can lead you like no other, and knowing that he is the one who has loved you so much that he has died for you. This is life itself. It's knowing Jesus and walking with him. And if this is what we have to offer people, we need to remember that. We need to remember that as we go into work this week to realize that, that the impact that I have on the people around me, because Jesus is here, is a life or death situation. As you sit around the dinner table this Thursday on Thanksgiving, this is a life or death situation for the people around you. And we need to recognize that and we need to realize that, that, that and we need to look for the opportunities that God gives us as people say, might say, you know, in all sorts of different ways, what's that smell? You know, as we talk openly about what we care about, about what is important to us, about the decisions we're making in our lives, that people might, we might look for opportunities when people say, what is that smell? What do you mean? That's what you think. And we might look for opportunities to explain it, to explain, to be open, to be honest about what Jesus means to me, about the difference that he has made in my life, about the life that I've found in him. It's a life or death situation. This fragrance that we give off is a life or death situation. Have you ever been somewhere and you've smelled something and you're just like, I have to find out where that smell is coming from. I have to. This happens sometimes when we are out on walks. Kim and I sometimes will go out on a, on a walk in our neighborhood and when it's nicer out. And sometimes I will smell something and I'll be like, what is that? Somebody be grilling or something, you know? You ever been outside and you smell somebody grilling kind of in a distance? Especially when you're hungry and you're just like, what is that? And you're like, I gotta go over there. I gotta go towards that smell again. So, so, you know, as you're walking, you get closer to this house, it's obvious the smoke is coming up from the backyard. You're like, these are the people that are definitely grilling. And as I'm walking by, I'm like, I I wish so much I could just kind of like go around the side of the house, just be like, hey, you guys mind if we join you? 
And how would they, how would they react if I did that? They'd be like, whoa, step away. <laughs> they might call somebody for help. They might at least, you know, if they know where we live, start avoiding us. We need to become people as we grill in our backyard. Maybe not even use the backyard, use the front yard. We need to be looking around us as we pursue Jesus, as we pursue knowing Jesus, we need to be looking out at the street, always aware, looking for somebody who's got their nose to the air, saying, what is that smell? And instead of being like, you know, keep your distance, be like, come on, join me. Join me. This is where I have found life. This is where you can find life. This is what it means to be a glimpse of heaven to invite people into what is heaven, which is knowing God. Let's pray that God would make that true of us today. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would help us to, to understand what it means, to understand the role that you have given us to, to influence the people around us, to influence the people in our communities and, and in northern New Jersey, that we would become a church that s smells so strongly of Jesus that people can't ignore it. Father, we pray that you would help us as individuals, whether we're going to school or we're going to work or we are working at home or, uh, or we're spending time with family. Father, we pray that you would help us to become people as we pursue you, as we, as we think about our relationship with you, that we would become people who smell so strongly of you that the people around us cannot ignore it. And we pray that those people would smell the life that's coming off of us and want it for themselves and find it for themselves. Father, we do pray that, uh, that you would work through us as we've thought about being a glimpse of heaven, that you would work through us as a church, that, that you would work through us so that, that it would become here at Hope Church and in Randolph and in Morris County as it is in heaven. And that people, people would see that, that people would respond to that, that the culture would be changed. Father, we pray all of these things in the strong and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.